We the bestest cast with the left twist. Fat, fairly well dressed. Put me on the guest list. The guest list. Uh, yeah, on the guest list. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another week of On the Guest List with Fox Trotting the Get Down, White Sox, Dave, Kenny Carkeet, and Dante back again for a huge episode this week. We're talking Genius Part 1, the Kanye West documentary that was just released on Netflix. We all got to watch it. We're going to go through it. We're going to talk about the Super Bowl halftime show, other goings on in music. Vaccine mandates coming down for festivals. We have a ton to talk about. But before we do, let's introduce this week's guest host. We have my man, my friend, Philadelphia's own amazing DJ, amazing businessman, great guy. DJ Move on the podcast today. Move, how are we doing today, buddy? What's up, y'all? Everything's good. How about yourself? Good. We're good, man. Fucking happy to have you here. Oh, yeah, uh, before, happy to be here. Thank you. Dude, before we, uh, before we were on air, I was explaining the guys' story about how I met Move. Now, Dante, as I said, fellow DJ... Uh, I used to bartend at a spot in Center City, Philly, popping spot, and we used to have a bunch of DJs come through. And then one night, this fucking dude comes through, starts bumping some. I always made fun of Move because he would play to the crowd. If it was a bunch of white girls, it would just be like Miley Cyrus and like fucking. I want to dance with Britney somebody, Spears. Britney Spears. <laughs> and in the middle of that set, he drops the light by Common, and I lost my fucking mind. Nobody else even noticed what was going on. I walked over, shook his hand and said, thank you. And ever since then, we've been friends. And I figured if we're doing a hip hop oriented episode, we need a hip hop historian on and move is here. So move. Thank you for being here today, brother. Oh, thanks for having me, man. No problem, man. Uh, let's go around table real quick. I think we start out. We have a member of the crew who has procreated. Big shout out to Kenny Carkeet. He has twins on the way, ladies and gentlemen. Give it up. For a second, I was like, wait, what is he talking about? (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Fuck, I'm having twins. Yeah, I can't can't believe it, man. July is going to be the end of my life, I guess. (laughs) It's going to be a hell of a summer. Dude, I want to read you guys something real quick. (laughs) Talk, and I'll I'll start when, when I'm ready. Yeah, okay. Right. Okay, so, yeah, thanks for that. Listen, well, well, listen. well, it's on the topic of having kids. So I'm in a college group chat. It's 10 total of us. And it's all my best friends from college. Uh, still stay in touch with every last one of them through text. So my last buddy to have a kid and get married other than me just got engaged and they announced they're having a kid. And so I'm, I'm like reading these texts and I'm looking at them. It's, they're like, they're arguing about if they should uh, announce the color or the color, the gender. Oh, <laughs> uh, I didn't mean it like a racial thing. I, mean, I was like, no. <laughs> I oh, we're not racist. You got black friends. <laughs> <laughs> I meant like the blue and pink gender uh, fucking. Totally. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so every one of them, like, do not find out the gender until the very last minute because your fucking wife will start making you build out the room, like, picking blue shit or pink shit or whatever. And they're, like, demanding. He's, like, wait until the very last second. Like, if you can wait until you have the kid, like, do it because otherwise you're just going to get orders barked at you for the next nine months. Yo, so, don't you have to do that shit anyway? Like, wouldn't you rather have it done ahead of time? <laughs> And when you got fucking two kids eating and shitting all over the place, and then you got to paint. And- this is what they were all saying. Like, I, I, it made sense. I'm not, li- I'm not listening to your fucking Wheaton. I have a story. So I'm scrolling Instagram last week, and I saw Kenny's, is it a sonic? It's a sonogram. Sonogram, right? yeah, sonogram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw Kenny's sonogram pick, and I was like, being that it's Kenny, I didn't know if it was real or a joke. So I did. <laughs> Damn, dude. I was just like, I feel like if he was having twins, we would have known about this. So <laughs> I this know is some, I this is some weird inside joke that he's posting. So I, I didn't. And then Collins jumps on the thread and goes, Kenny, are you having a kid? <laughs> yeah, I got so many. Why? You know what? It's funny. It's just now hitting me how many texts I got. Like, wait, is this for real? Like, no, I'm fucking joking. Like, are you, why would he be joking? Like, that makes no sense. Because you're weird. What do you want me to tell oh, you? True, true. I thought, I, guess. I thought it was a joke at first, too. That's why I said, does your dick work? I didn't know. I was like, you know what? It's because I've always told people, if anybody ever has to ask, is he serious? The answer is always no. You yeah. know what I mean? But in this instance, I was very serious. Well, you're not the only one here who just announced he's having a kid. Just so happens, Move is also having a kid. <laughs> yeah. so, Move, let's go, baby. Thank you. Come on. July, July, July is going to be that month. Dude. Oh, same. Sick. No shit. 
Yeah, but I mean, um, it's funny you say that because we're waiting to the very end to find out what it is. So. Oh yeah, no, we went we went straight into tell me oh, immediately. So you know, right? I do know. Do you want Do you want to break the news uh, in the podcast? Or you yo, wait? we hit the fucking jackpot, son. We got one boy, one girl. That is a jackpot. That is a jackpot. Yeah, two for one. Yo, my wife. My wife's like, if I only had to be pregnant once for two kids, she goes, score deal, dude. So listen. So my fiance, her brother has two sets of fraternal twins. Shut up. Swear to God. And boy and girl, boy and girl. And he said the same thing. I was like, yo, how the fuck did you raise like four kids under the age of five at, at one time? He goes. Honestly, if you're trying, if you want to have more than one kid, it's better to just knock it all out at once. He's like, makes sense, have man. It staggered. I heard that that's a thing that if you have twins once, you can have twins again, dude. Yeah. So, my dad is a twin, and my wife's mom is a twin. Oh, oh you're, you're definitely having twins. Oh, we're so fucked. Oh, bro, we're so we're so fucked. I know. Now, welcome we're to my world, man. The doctor, <laughs> when, we, when we found out, the doctor goes, "All right, well, that's baby B," and I was like, "Excuse me, you, you skipped a letter." <laughs> yeah. Dude, well, I just want to congratulate Kenny. You're going to be an excellent absentee father, dude. I thought we would just get that Yo, out of the thanks, way. thanks, man. I appreciate <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah. Just be hiding oh, back man. here smoking weed making music, you know? Well, I'm, I'm proud of you, buddy. We're all happy for you. And all jokes aside, I can't wait. But uh, like I said, we do have a lot to talk about this week. Got a ton to get into. Uh, I think we started out. We'll, we'll save the Kanye conversation for a few minutes down the road. So let's start out with the conversation about vaccine mandates getting lifted for music festivals. It was just announced that Stagecoach Festival and Coachella both have listed, lifted their mandates. I don't know how this affects the rest of the music industry, but one of our friends was actually one of the first people to post about this. He's a contributor for Fox, a uh, show on Adobe Radio just like ourselves. He's all over the fucking place. We got Guns in the building. Guns, how are you, buddy? What's up? What's up, my friends? How are we doing? Let's go. <laughs> my bro. Oh my god, I knew he was gonna come in hot, dude. Let's go, let's go. But I'm definitely putting a breaking news sounder in there as well because we're boop, cutting this like it's a, yeah, exactly. Like it's a fucking news thing. But guns, can you please explain to us what happened yesterday with the vaccine mandates getting lifted? Yeah, so this is definitely significant because it goes on just beyond these two music festivals. Um, because I think this is definitely a uh, this is a moment that people are gonna look back on and be like, this was the pinnacle, this is what set it off and what continues on from here. So there have been rumblings, there have been rumors that the upcoming Stagecoach Music Festival, right? These two festivals, Stagecoach and Coachella, two of the biggest in the country, obviously, hundreds of thousands of people going. Stagecoach is country music. And there have been some rumblings that that there was no way that they were going to be able to put this on with a COVID vaccine mandate. Now, that was one thing. In addition to that, not only just because of the fans going, but because crew, production, band members, et cetera, we all know the deal. We don't have to get into an argument there. It's just the fact of the matter is country and more people in the South don't have the vaccine as many uh, other groups do. Bottom line, okay? Whatever. But it was also the fact that um, the testing aspect as well. Mm. And there was a lot of inner turmoil going on and a lot of second guessing as we're seeing, not only within music or the entertainment industry, but all across the country right now. It's about, well, listen, I'm vaxxed, I'm boosted, I'm still getting the vaccine. And there was just a lot of arguments going on. So we heard that they might be able to pull it from Stagecoach. Not only the vaccine mandate, which is one thing, but it's the testing thing that is a whole nother ball game because we've seen this. Listen, if you're not vaxxed, at least you have to show proof of being uh, having a negative test. They wipe that out as well. And then in addition to that, the masks. So once this was going to happen for Stagecoach, because Stagecoach has the same ownership as Coachella, mm -hmm. Coachella jumped on board as well. Now, this is significant for many different reasons. One is it happened in California. Right. And California is the bluest of the blue states right now. If California is doing something, then the trickle down effect will now happen all across the country. I had conversations today with bands, managers, and promoters that are now rethinking their own policies. Some of it has to do with local ordinances and mandates, et cetera. Here in New York City, if a band wants to play at a venue or the venue itself wants to drop it, they can't because of New York City. But besides New York and LA, there's very few uh, other examples where they can't just let it all go right now. If they like, there's no other real major cities that 
won't, uh, that, you know, that you have to follow or abide by all three. We're seeing it in LA that they're starting to drop the mask mandate. Then eventually will it be the testing mandate and the vaccine mandate? We shall see. But the bottom line is this is huge for the return of live events, of uh, concerts, of festivals, and eventually sporting events. And the big part of the whole thing is in order to do something these days, nobody wants to be the first one. And this doesn't have to just do with the entertainment industry. Nobody wants to be the first one because the world's lost their fucking mind and they know they're going to get crushed on social media. Nobody wanted to be the first music festival to come back because they knew they're going to get in trouble. Nobody wanted to be that first band that was going to tour like post COVID or whatnot because they knew they were going to get ripped on and they did. People were then canceling things left and right. But with this, now that you have a Coachella and a stagecoach, which is hundreds of thousands of people, everybody can now look at them and be like, well, they said it. They set the standard now. Don't blame us. They did it first. And that's all anybody's been waiting for. And it's going to trickle down now to other areas of the entertainment and beyond. Dante, Bottom. go ahead. So, Guns, you, you texted me this, like, right after you broke it the other day. And, you know, you were very celebratory. And what was my response to you? Like, I don't want to get my hopes up because right. I feel like last summer we felt this same way. Like we fucking did it. We made it through. And then what happened? It was like summer fun. And then, you know, everything got fucking, you know, ramped back up and we're right back to where we started now. But I do agree. I think this feels a lot different this time, but, but, I'm still always, I'm still so fucking like gun shy now, like that dog that gets hit by its owner. Like you, you still don't trust anybody. But my question to you is this, do you think, or not do you think, how much do you think the artists and bands playing the festivals had to do with this happening? Um, I, I, and first off, I agree with you. To go from a zero to 100 after we've been fucking blue ball the last three years, I completely right. agree with you. Straight up. Best term to use is blue ball. It's like, oh, shit, everything's going to be fine, and we're screwed. Oh, we got the right. vaccine, everything's fine, and we're screwed. They continue to dampen it left and right. I think, especially because it was Stagecoach, that the bands and, and, and the fan aspect was going to be huge because – these things were already happening in other states. Did they really have to travel to go to a Stagecoach Music Festival, which, you know, this is the big time. They haven't had right. this now for two plus years. I think it was the fans pressuring the band who ultimately pressured the promoter. Well, who do you think it really was? What do you think it really was? It was the fact their bottom line was going to get hurt from the fact that these people, dude, shouts out to the, the Southern, I don't use the right. word. Well, Kenny, Kenny's a Southerner. Like Kenny knows how it is. Motherfuckers are crazy. Shout out to the crazy people who wound up getting this pushed away. And it's nobody no would nobody would go to stagecoach if there was a vaccine mandate for it. Like it's no fucking no. chance. Like my body, my so choice. God damn it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like we all know, we all know, we all know the demo for that. And right. a lot of those artists, like, there's no way fucking Jason Aldean's signing on to that bill. There's no way, you know, like it just goes down the list. So I think the pressure came from the artists. Yes. And, you know, I think that was the first domino to fall. And then once Stagecoach lifts, like you said, Coachella is the next no-brainer. And you just hope that the rest of the country and the rest of, you know, these restrictions are going to fall in line. But, I mean, Dave, Dave can attest. Like, we live in Illinois. Like, nothing makes sense here. Nothing yeah. makes sense. It's I, the dumbest yeah. thing on earth. Like, it <clears> – <throat> I don't, I haven't understood it from the beginning because no one is doing this. It's, it's all or nothing. If you're, if you can go to fucking the region, which is what we call Northwest Indiana, it's a 20 minute drive and there's no mandates, no masks, no nothing. And that's only 20 minutes away. Why? Like, that's not going to stop the spread of it. What's anything. the fucking point? Right. I, I, I also think that, yo, I <laughs> want to give a big shout out to all the artists who pushed through because me and Move specifically, I remember the dead middle of the pandemic, me and you sitting in Rec Philly's office and just being like, I don't know yep. what to do. It was the darkest moment of the whole pandemic for me and Move sitting there having a conversation on the podcast, just being like, I don't know how we're going to make it through this. I, I have right. no, or, well, I remember we had a point in the conversation where we're like, 
Do you just wake up sometimes and stare at the wall and think, why, why am I even fucking alive right now? <laughs> like, yeah. there is going to be a period of time Dude. where somebody needs to put a documentary together Dude. on what this has done to independent musicians and just Dude. musicians in general. Yeah, they're wiped out. <laughs> they're wiped, you know how many friends aren't touring anymore or had to get other jobs or just aren't? Yeah. Nothing's ever the same. Yo, <laughs> yo, like, and I know, like, you know, DJs aren't, like, necessarily musician musicians oh, give yourself I, some credit. I, I listen i no 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 i have so many friends in the industry that have just retired and yep. and passed on they're driving trucks now they're me, I'm, I'm talking like good good fucking djs that used to make six figures a year just djing and these places are reopening and everyone's hitting me up hey can you find us a dj hey can you find us a dj they're they're fucking done like yep. they've moved on yo, yo djs are hard to find right now yeah, you know, you know, yeah, I got one yeah. on I got one on here with me. You know. How is it in Philly? Um it's it's still competitive, but the opportunities aren't what they used to be. Um, you know, there's a lot less people. There's the some people just said, fuck it, I'm out. And they didn't come back. And then the people who do want to come back into the game, they don't know how to service the crowd properly because they kinda like mailed it in. Mm. And right, you're Chicago you're Chicago? Yeah. You know what, uh, DJ Daly? Of course, he he used to play at Mad River in Philly, Maniac yeah. with we me. To, yeah, we used to play. We played there together for ten years. Tim Daly is my man. We yeah, we won a lot of Call of Duty games together with a pandemic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, all, it, it's the perfect storm of everything that has happened. Luckily, it's turning uh, turning around to an extent. But you're right. You can, uh, you know, it was. The guitar techs, the production, the lighting, the managers, Nobody the tour managers, the bands, all those people that made something happen. And then uh, the artists themselves, it's, you know, well, am I going to get in trouble if I do come back? Well, listen, yep. you're not going to come back. You're, you're, you're dead in the water. And what's crazy about this, though, is literally bands are still canceling. Up until two weeks ago, I know... <laughs> Multiple tours have been postponed still because they were worried about either Omicron resurgence or whatnot. But when oh. you look, that's why something like this is so vitally important because you need to be able to cite and use examples. Yes. And when a Coachella does something like this, that can be used as an example. Uh, Buffalo, like I, I just got an alert, uh, email alert saying that Buffalo now isn't going to be requiring any mandates at all. So like uh, for any shows. So the trickle-down effect will happen. Is it going to be straight 100%? No, because you're still going to have, you know, the, you know, the, the people freaking out and yelling and whatnot. But it's a hell of a lot better. Last year, we just wanted shows to be able to happen. Then, you know, it went up towards the end of the fall. Then it went back down because of Omicron, et cetera. But people are so beyond that right now, and there's really no good answer except push through. And, uh, you know, for those that might get upset about it and be like, well, what about the healthcare workers, et cetera? Listen, I completely understand that. I live across the street from a hospital in New York City. There was frozen morgue uh, refrigerator trucks on both sides of the street and both, uh, like, it was fucking, we had a fucking tent hospital here set up. It was a fucking disaster with ambulances 24 hours a day and it was the scariest moment of my goddamn life. But it's been three years now, and especially with the entertainment and music industry, if you don't tour... A lot of your bands can't survive. You, no it, bands, nobody can survive. can survive anymore. So you have, we can't watch live streams again and Insta stories of people playing acoustic songs. I'm fucking over that. So we're not going back. We got to push forward. And when it happens in California with two major festivals, 100,000 people plus, and it's not just ma uh, ma uh, the uh, vaccine, but it also goes beyond. As I said before, this is gonna, this is going to be the the pinnacle moment that will shift. The return of live events, bottom line, straight up 2022. You want to know what's really fucked up? I went on uh, Twitter, which I know I'm like it just asking for this <laughs> going on that cesspool. But all the, um, even the Coachella like handle that mentioned, you know, this being dropped, all the big news sites. It's fucking crazy to me how many people don't want this to ever end. Like they legit, yeah. I, they're the vaxxed ones. The people Dude. who are vaxxed and masked are the ones that it's like, it's too early. And it's like, you're the one that's protected. It's, what are we talking it's, about? It's fucking it's, crazy to me. It's the, like, yeah. the worst like, is when they go, you guys, are killing, you guys are killing people. This is like, how are we celebrating this? Like, it's fucking insanity. Like, the when, worst, yeah, the worst are those that say we're still in a pandemic. 
or there's people still getting sick out there. Well, geniuses, no shit. Like, obviously, but we've reduced it as much as we possibly can. And also, listen, if you want to protect yourself, get vaxxed, like, whatever. But, like, that's fine. I'm vaxxed, like, whatever. But um, it, it, it's go like, you should, yeah, like you said, you're vaxxed. You should feel good about yourself. Like, okay, guess what? You're probably hopefully not going to end up in the hospital. But for those that are like, we're still in a pandemic, and that is being said all over the place, we're always going to have some sort of this lying around. Like that is just it's a straight never, up, it's never going, it's a virus. It's a, you can't kill viruses. They're always around. Bottom line. Look, man, I, I'm guns. We cannot thank you enough for stopping by. I love this new, we need to have like a guns news break segment. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to make a little fucking sounder. Well, we're going to, we're going to let you go. We're going to move love on. Love you guys. Let's go. Yo, thanks for inviting me. Love you, dog. Yes, list. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> All in. Peace. See you, buddy. Peace. I fucking love that guy, dude. Uh, yeah, but I, I think to end that conversation, like, dude, I, it's not only the fact that there, the restrictions were in place and everything like that, and I'm I, look, I'm glad that people are still safe, people are still getting vaccinated, all this, but, like, it's not only the fact that, like, people stop making music. It's, like, there's even this fear of going back to playing shows now. Do people even want to come out to shows anymore? Like, do do crowds want to return? Are people so used to being in their no. house? Dude, but th that's the panic that comes on the mind of the musician. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it I'm is. even... I don't know if this is a product of me getting older or not. Um, I would probably say that Kenny could speak to this the most, but I used to go out every single Friday and Saturday. And if I did it and I saw people were out, I'd get insane FOMO. Yeah. Now I, I don't mind staying in an entire weekend and just fucking chilling. It's my point. It's because I don't, care you don't yo, care there's this show go there's this show going on it's gonna be sick yo let me tell you something about me right now i don't care unless it's something special i still have tickets to rage against the machine right and just like guns was saying last week they postponed a handful of more shows to 2023 yo rage against the machine don't wait rage. for the machine to tell you that you can rage. You rage against the machine. Look, dog, I, I'm ready. I'm ready to get back to playing shows. I've conquered my fear. I'm still having nightmares that I, I'm throwing a show and then no one shows up. I've had that repeating nightmare, I swear to God, where I go out on stage and there's no one in the crowd and the promoter's yelling at me. I've had that nightmare like a couple times. I'm also a fucking lunatic, so maybe that's the problem. But regardless, it's good to see that maybe things are starting to get back to normal, and, and we'll get back to that later, and we'll see how everything goes. But uh, let's go on to the second topic before Kanye. Super Bowl halftime show was fucking incredible. Uh, I saw some people bitching about it online. I don't know how. It was, in my opinion, the top five halftime Dante show. Dante had the great post. About what did Dante it. say? It was like a fucking pair of 409s. And it was like the oh, caption yeah. was like everybody that hated the fucking halftime. Like worst halftime show ever. Yo, Just and I was with I, I was I was with a bunch of those people during that show. And they're like, oh, I couldn't understand a word. Nobody here liked it. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I'm like, you guys are the fuck. They're like, Tom Petty, that was a fucking Super Bowl. Oh, like, oh, shut my the fucking fuck up, God. dude. Uh, Dave, I have a question. Did you like it? Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, because right, in our group chat, we, me and Kenny were like, best halftime show of all time. And you said, you're all a bunch of cunts. And I was like, what are you talking about? And you're like, Kenny, you're a cunt. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's hammered. right. I, I, mean, you I, were hammered. Know I said that. Um, the only thing is, is I was at a bar, so I didn't get, like, if I was in front of a TV, like, you know, at a party or something, it would have been a little different. Um, but I didn't have the best acoustics for it, but I, I really liked it. I thought it was great. Move. What Dave, was your Chief, opinion? Dave, Chief told me that they almost didn't even play the audio for it, and he had to, like, set them what? straight. Yeah, I mean, so they – and I don't actually care about the commercials, but they were playing music during the commercials and shit. I'm like, yo, it's a fucking Super Bowl. We can leave the Kanye West for after the Super Bowl, you know? No, you like, stop playing music. Just leave the fucking TV volume on and shut the fuck up. Move. But, what was your opinion on the halftime show? Good. Uh, I thought it was great. The only issue like that I had with it, I think uh, Mary J. Blige, she she could have picked um, yes uh, some better songs because Mary J. Blige she her, those uh, two songs like two thousand one two thousand two, but her audience extends even ten years behind. And so for yeah. her to have that kind of platform, you could have got real love. She could have really bought family affair. Yeah. You know, so like I mean, uh, no more drama was awesome. I was so happy. I, I was not expecting that at all. Like, no, I, she I did sounded in. But did, didn't you think that was like a, a, a downer song for a for a Super Bowl? Well, my question is, did Dre produce that? 
Yeah, he, he he put the whole thing together. He presented it to the NFL. No, he, no, no. What I'm saying is, I think song. she might have picked that song he because might have. Dre produced it. I think that was the whole point of it. Was oh, that every, what's the name of the song? Was produced have. by Dre. No more drama. Got it. Uh, but I, dude, honestly, I thought Mary Mary J was the thing I took away from it first. She sounded incredible. She was fucking awesome. Uh, from what I did hear, actually, Eminem was supposed to have a longer set, and he cut his set short so that Fifty could have a spot too, which I thought was Dante. You called the Fifty thing, didn't you? Dre did produce that song, by the way. There you go. There's your answer. There it is. Boom. That makes sense. Dante, did you didn't you call Fifty coming out? Yeah, I thought they were, I thought we were going to see I called a few others though too. I thought we were going to see like Ice Cube. Yeah. Uh, How did we not see Cube? Yeah, I don't know. I thought the same. I thought I thought it was, hit. I thought yeah, it was I funny though. Like did you guys see how butt hurt the game was after no. he, was, <clears throat> he was pissed that he didn't get asked. He was uh, like did he did like a TMZ thing. Yo, but, the the history that was made with that performance just because it was fucking essentially in Compton, three of them back to Compton, 30 years, 30 plus Grammys between them. Yep. You know, I know. Some I fucking just, respect on the name. You know what I mean? Here's the thing, though. If you could have, and it, it sucks to armchair quarterback because it, it was fucking awesome. Don't get me wrong. But you're always going to second guess something. If you had your choice, what, how would you have run it in your dream scenario and, and what songs? I'm ooh, curious. Ooh, Are you I, talking to me? And, and all you. Like, what What did you wish you heard? I would, Eminem, I wish Eminem would have done a different song. There'd be a hundred million different songs that he I knew that. Done. I knew Other he was going to do Lose Yourself. yourself. Like, I, I know, it. but, like, that's a little, I guess, whatever. But um, Dre had to do that song. The Tupac shout-out was fucking tight. Um, a new, different Blige song, for sure. But, the only but thing Kendall, I w- Kendrick's voice, when he, oh. I made full Goosey boys <laughs> all across my body. That motherfucker's voice is yeah. unlike anything else. Dude, All Right was a perfect pick. I love that fucking song. It was sick. Um, I don't know that there was anything that I wanted to hear from, like, I, like a DNA, maybe. Like, DNA would have set the fucking place off. I think that would have been sick. Or, like, uh... Humble would have been sick too. Although Humble would have passed it all, he's too passed it all. Oh, but I guess Dude, I when, don't know. when he started with Mad City, like yep. just from like in in Move will know this, like just from a DJ perspective, like that song still today goes off. gets everyone's fucking ears perked, fucking goes off. And then for him to like switch into another song, if he had dropped into Humble with that, oh. like you know, nobody pray for me, like the crowd would have. Like when that fucking beat dropped, that place would have went bonkers. That was my only thing. And then, like we t- already talked about Mary J. I would have. She's got some really good party songs that would have fucking like just kept the mood up. I think, but I would have loved if Dre and Snoop started out with G thing and just and just volleyed back and forth rather than like. You know, Snoop do his verse. And the then, first thing I said when it was over was, that's it? I, I it felt so short to me. I guess I just wanted them yeah. so much. Yeah. Dude, I think uh, number one thing, the first thing I took away, because it was the first thing that happened, Snoop sounded incredible. He was yeah, They awesome. all did. And all the did. fact that also, and yo, Anderson Pock too on drums. Dude, that Dude, was yo, so many people thought yo, that was so many haters. Anderson. So many haters were like, they weren't even rapping. It was it was pre-recorded. No, no they, no, it no, was there not. were like that was live. They just sounded incredible for a stadium. Like it sounded like studio quality. It was. I awesome. just want to. I just want to say this from the top. The fact that we got Snoop Dogg crip walking during the Super Bowl halftime show is a fucking moment in history. That was one of the. I literally before he walked on stage, I was like, dude, if he crip walks, this is gonna be fucking amazing. The two seconds in he crip walked on stage, thought that was amazing. Uh, I thought Anderson Pax. Solo, just the fact that he was on the stage after almost being homeless like six years ago was incredible. Ooh. I thought Dre was great. Uh, I thought I thought M had to do that song. I don't know. Like, Eminem's, Eminem's the man, dude. He he personally asked Pac like he wanted him drumming. Um, he wanted it to be longer. He lobbied Dre to, to make it longer. And for some reason, don't you remember halftime shows being like 20 half an hour. minutes long? Yeah, like yeah, yeah, half yeah. an hour, yeah. That one went so short. I think everyone they in the only world do that was if like, it's like it so short? Bruce Springsteen or Tom Petty. Yeah, Dude, yeah, and, yeah. and not only did Dre like make that all happen, but he pretty much gave the spotlight to everyone else yep. but himself. 
Andy put up seven million dollars. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. It. Yeah, I yeah, didn't know that. Hated do that, dude. He put seven million of his own money into it. I don't know what it went into because it was wasn't really a ton of bells and whistles. But yeah, seven million he paid. I loved how simple it was. I thought that was amazing. The fact that it was such a simple performance. I thought it was great. Um, but yeah, that was legitimately was, history. So I didn't realize this, Kenny. Um, I, I was in LA this weekend for the game and um, I was watching the news that night and they were interviewing like the lady that owns Tam's burgers. And I didn't realize that those things they were dancing on those like white, like pods, those were replicas of Tam's burgers some other place in, in Randy's Donuts, which I've been on the record are really? the best, I didn't donut, even know that. The best donuts know. I've ever had in my entire life. Yeah, there were three like iconic LA places and the Tam's place was smashed with customers. And the, the yeah. newscaster was like, how did you think about being like front and center in the Super Bowl? She was like, we had no idea. Like we saw our logo and we started going crazy. That's, like, they that didn't was, even tell them. That's so sick. Now, isn't that sick? Awesome. I Keep thought local, I, baby. I thought everything was great about it. I like the fact that Eminem got to fucking take a knee and protest at the fucking halftime show. Like, giant audience. And also, kind of a fuck you to the NFL because the NFL just constantly fucks up in all things, like, I don't know, politically correct. Like, they, they like to, pr- like, say one thing and then they constantly... I, do- love, I love the take that was, like, all the people upset about Eminem taking a knee... I thought they were boycotting the NFL. Are they, are yeah. they watching? Are, what are we doing here? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, come on. Oh, dude. I don't know. I just thought, because right away, as soon as the line came up, uh, when Kendrick skipped and we hate Popo, and then the next thing that came up was not loving police, my first thought was like, oh, man, there's going to be a lot of rednecks mad about this. I can't wait to see Twitter after this. And you know what? Fuck them. It's free speech, ladies and gentlemen. That's what it's all about. And I want to give a shout out to that fucking halftime performance was outstanding. I, I thought of that like in recent memory, one of my favorites. Like, I, I, what do you think? I give it to only thing, only thing I was go. waiting on. I really believe that, uh, like I thought Kendrick was gonna, this was gonna be a time for him to release some new music. Yes. So I, I was, I was at least hoping that he was, um, gonna do his verse from, um, Family Ties. Oh my That's God. That's what I was hoping. Could you imagine him doing the goofy white guy voice at the Super Bowl halftime show? (laughs) Amazing, brother. Amazing, brother. (laughs) That would have been unbelievable. Uh, Dude, I thought he was, because he did that little interlude before they went back to Dre, and I thought he was doing a new verse, and I was like, oh, my God, here it is, here it is. And they just went Mm -hmm. up to, it was Eminem, I think, came on next. But I thought it was outstanding. I think it opens the door to way more hip-hop being available for the the halftime shows. But who, who, like, you you can't get anyone on that level unless you go, like, Jay-Z or Kanye or Drake. They will never do a Kanye halftime show. They will. They will. They they won't. They will. Before before we're all dead and gone, he will. Okay. All right, I'll buy that. He's, would, he's he's the biggest he's star important. in the world. He's he's gonna get one. I mean, you gotta he, think they're running out of they're running out of fucking they're running out of people. I was a prisoner of the moment and said in my blog it was the best halftime show of all time, and I got killed. People were like, "You're crazy." Prince was, <laughs> and I went back and Michael I, Jackson. In in, I'll admit, like I forgot how good that Prince one was. I went back and watched it. It was like. It, you like I think we all knew we should have known after watching that that he wasn't going to be long on this earth because he was just not of this planet. That show, no, he's was, an alien. That show was fucking incredible. So that that was that was the best. This is in top five for sure, though. Yeah, I, I think like, did you see Stephen A. Smith said that the greatest of all time was Coldplay, Beyonce, and Bruno Mars? <laughs> I was like, come on, Steven. Was that, like three, four years ago? That was 2016. I was in Nashville Remember when they watching had Katie it Perry. Katy Perry and Left Shark? Left Hell Shark. Yeah. <laughs> I think, uh, like, for my, I thought the Bruno Mars performance by himself a couple years before that yep. was unbelievable. Justin Timberlake was pretty fucking heavy. T- well, Timberlake will always be in my heart because that was, I was the year the Super Bowl. You were there was, for that? Oh, yeah, I, you were there for that. I played the pregame show with Kelly Clarkson. I was down. Remember how Timberlake started in, like, that VIP area and came yeah. up. I was down in that area where he started. So like, I didn't get to, I just got to hear it. I didn't get to see it, but for one yeah. guy to hold it down the entire time, all yeah. lights on him. Like, yo, bravo, my dude. Lady Gaga did that too. She was good. Lady yeah, Gaga was fine. Remember but she I like just flew don't... in. 
Who do you think can go next? Like, who can follow this Metallica is going to be one of the next ones. Do you think Metallica will? I saw a lot of chatter about people wanting them in. Really? I think I Foo Fighters. Uh, I think Foo I Fighters think will. I think they'll get some. Yeah. I just hope they don't go. Because you know how this goes. Like, the pendulum swung this far. There was a ton of, like, hate. And, you know, and no one's ever happy. This is, like, the annoying thing about these shows is people are just always bitching. And they can't realize like, Hey, these people are here because there's a lot of people that do like them just cause you don't means you're in the minority, not the majority. So shut the fuck up and, and wait till <laughs> next year. So I'm afraid the NFL is going to swing back too hard and give us someone like cheesy, like imagine dragons or something. It'll be a Florida Georgia line or some shit. Yeah. Have they ever done a country artist? That. Yeah. Garth was, uh, Brooks. Right? Garth Brooks did it. Yeah, Garth Brooks has done it. And he no, has Brooks, though. He speaking, of, speaking of fucking country artists, the national anthem was unbelievable. Yeah. She's it's, awesome, man. It was Mickey Guyton, right? Yeah. I just I love anytime they work in a harmony, like oh. in the back. And it was it was perfect. It was kind of like that choir sound. She was fucking awesome. She's unbelievable, dude. So good. But I, I think we can move on from the halftime show. I thought it was outstanding. Uh Fuck it. Let's go into the genius conversation. I think we should start this by saying we're getting Kanye at a really weird time. Because <laughs> does hey, you covered and I both we both covered Kanye's antics over the past weekend. The I called it the Kanye West Cinematic Universe is all over the fucking place. Uh, he's gone after everybody in the past week. He's deleted all his Instagram posts, and that's why I like this episode of Genius so much. For those of you who don't know what we're talking about, Genius is a documentary uh, that just got put on Netflix. Uh, it is unreleased footage from the past 20 years of Kanye West's life. Uh, it, it follows Cootie and, and Kanye through the early days, the first episode. And uh, the first episode is called Vision. It's Act 1, Vision. And I thought it was like a perfect title for this. This is like literally a fucking story about like self-realization, fucking, it's motivational, and it's about perseverance. And like, I, like to me, this literally was a visual representat representation of, of the song Last Call. Now, do you guys know the song Last Call? Yeah. It's the 15-minute outro to College Dropout where Kanye literally tells this exact story about his come up, just talking over a beat for like 12 yeah. straight minutes. I listen to this song once a week. It's one of my favorite fucking Damn. songs. My, it's my favorite song. It's the best. It, it makes me want to run through a fucking wall. And when I say I watched this twice today, I watched it twice. It blew my fucking mind. I cannot believe that they had the foresight to film everything. Literally, the beginning of the documentary, followed, like it's, it's Cootie saying, I dropped everything to follow this guy around because I believed in him. Yeah, and it, it 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 fucking blew my mind. And before we go into specifics, I just want to get everybody's kind of you know thoughts on what they saw. Move. We'll start with you. You just finished it. What did you think? Uh, look, I, I thought it was great. A lot of the stuff I, I knew, but to to see uh, like everything that was going on and in the perfect time, like you know, just from like the H to the Izzo, and uh, like there's like so many things that's missed. Obviously, like you know that he produced his first big hit was uh, Beanie Siegel, the Truth. Yeah. Uh, you know, which was. A, uh, a a sample of Chicago, we can say the world from Cosby Stills and Nash, mm. you know, like so. That's kind of like a way that feeling Chicago on the map, anyway. Yo, that it, it blew my mind. Like he just knew what he was gonna do, and his his awareness was just high. And also the other thing to know that he said when he was like fourteen, and the whole the Chicago like sound like beating something up with a sample, knowing that he uh, he got that from. No, uh, no ID and, and the guy, um, oh my God, I just remember his name. Doug, uh, it was Doug yeah. something. Yeah, the, the guy he like checked on the radio or, yeah. or something, like those are the two guys. So I'm like, yo, I'm impressed with this man. Like I, I fell in love with Kanye all over again because that I'm like, damn. And even a funnier story, uh, he went from rapping about working that gap on uh, Spaceship to now owning him. That's yep. fucking crazy. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Everything, everything he said he's done, which is which is insane because and scary because he says he's gonna be president, which pray <laughs> to God doesn't come true. But I um so I've I've known about the I've been following this since like probably like 10 years now. These guys have obviously been sitting on this footage for a while. 
I know Colin's going balls out to get uh, Cootie on the show, which I know I'm, I already I texted Barber. Um, we got to try. I want to see if we can get both of them on. But um, these were like Chicago, like in the scene guys. They were part of like like told you that like you know kind of um, super fun crowd and you know, Virgil, those, and they were just fucking videographers and they, this isn't their first work, but it's obviously going to be their biggest. And I really want to know what, first off, how the fuck they sat on this as long as they did. And yeah, like the patience they had is fucking crazy. Um, I know it wasn't just financial reasons, but I want to know like why they sat on it as long as they did and what made them think now was the time to finally share it with the world um, and fucking thank them for doing it. And, you know, like you said, just the fact that they realized when they did that they were in the presence of somebody that was really fucking headed somewhere and to videotape it. I mean, think about all the shit you've done in your life. And back in the day before we had fucking cell phones and everything was recorded and all the shit you missed out on you're like, fuck man, I wish we, you know, had that on video. I wish we had a picture from that. Yada, yada, yada. The fact that these guys like did that. I mean, this is in this episode one is like the tip of the iceberg. It's, oh, yeah. It, they got crazy, crazy, crazy shit. Bro, didn't you think it was amazing though? And I wrote this down in my notes. In that first scene, when they're, I didn't know that. First of all, I didn't know Kanye worked with Harlem World and Jermaine Dupree. I didn't know any of that happened. Uh, but in Dude, that beginning, he was everybody's whore. Like all, oh, yeah. <laughs> he's one of, he's one of, he's one of like thousands and thousands of ghost producers that are out there in this world that are super fucking talented and will never know their name. And I mean, Kenny talks about this all the time. Dre has hundreds of these guys on payroll. Yep. And Kanye was just too big to be held down. And like, you know, that last call song, how many, like, it's true. Like, how many times did he get laughed out of a room because, oh. you know, you can't rap your producer? And- We're going to get into that, bro. Uh, I, I just, like, what, what I was thinking about in that first scene, when they show the six other dudes that are introducing themselves to the Channel Zero, like, newscast, they're like, yo, what's up? I'm so-and-so from Harlem World. And the camera tilts over to Kanye. And instantly, you look at this guy and you're like, that's going to be the dude. Like, that's going to be the fucking guy who sets himself apart. And somehow, in the moment, Cootie saw that and was like, I got to follow this guy around. I need to be a part of this. I don't know what it is, but it just reminds you once again how many motherfuckers want this and how many make it and how fucking crazy you have to be to make it. And like, that was like what blew my fucking mind. And before we get into specifics, once again, Kenny Carkey sitting here, producer extraordinaire, Diamond Boy. What'd you think? I'm a diamond boy. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, what can I say? I think uh, Move said it right. It's like I fell in love with him all over again. I, I knew most of it. I know his story. I've fucking worshipped him and studied him. I've known what he's done before he became a rapper. But to see this footage, right, and see these moments and, and like, him with most in the room fucking oh. – Throwing two words. Like, it's, you know, it's like, it, and then listening to Jesus Walks, the intro when he's in the apartment, it's like. Dude, it's, that was the sickest Yo, part it's like goosebumps, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's history. It's incredible. You talk about yeah, it. it. It's unbelievable, man. And so uh, I can't wait to see the rest of it. I'm so excited. I, I mean, Dave, follow up. What do you think, buddy? It, so this is kind of super cheesy, but, and I don't know if this is like universal or not, but I mean, he's, he's Kanye West. He's like him or dislike him he's chicago you know mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah, yeah. all the apartment scenes are like there's a fucking radiator every single apartment <laughs> in chicago has one of those big and it, it made you feel well me personally it made me feel at home right away but like when it was jesus walks and uh all falls down like when when he's like breaking up those lyrics and like oh uh, and you could see like him him working and i've shit on kanye west a lot because i think he's a fucking like his weirdness, I like weird people, but like he's too out there in a way. But like seeing him work in those scenes, I was like, holy fucking shit. Like right before we hopped on, so I'm 37 minutes through it, about halfway through the first episode. I was like, I can't wait to fucking get off the show because I can't wait to finish this. This is fucking awesome. And how they sat on it for, you know, decades. 20 years. Decades. 20 years. Well, yeah. Fucking more I- than that, probably. 
I it's just like absurd. I just I watched it the first time and I was like, I can't believe what I just saw. Like I like I can't believe that I just got to see like the inside of like my heroes come up. I thought that was so fucking cool. And I think the one scene that is stuck with everybody is an urban legend where in Last Call he says, I played them Jesus Walks and they still didn't sign me. The scene where he and Cootie and his boys, they say that they bum rushed Rockefeller. They went in after getting turned down by everybody, and Kanye brings a CD with All Falls Down on it, which goes on to be a humongous hit, obviously. It still has the original Lauren Hill sample on it. They still haven't had the other vocalists come on and sing. Selena Johnson. That Selena story Johnson. is... I'll tell this, and I'm going to tell that story. Yeah, so... Yeah, I don't know that story. This is the original version, which mm-hmm. obviously isn't the vocal take that made it. It's the original OG version. Goes into numerous A&R's offices after, once again, giving them the blueprint. He fucking... This guy has earned his stripes in there. And these people talk over him and they don't even pay attention to what's going on. You can see Kanye look at the camera like, is this fucking serious right now? Every single musician knows this feeling. Anybody who's ever strived to make it in the industry knows this fucking feeling of showing someone that you know is good, is great. And they're just not even paying attention because it's not what they want. Or Dude, they the amount of bands that get passed on, people's minds would fucking explode. Just at like when I was at Red Bull with AWOL, they passed on the Dragons. They passed on 21 Pilots. You heard fucking every, the Interscope passed on 21 Pilots. And all this, you're like, oh my God, what's going on? It's crazy I'm how just, many people get passed I'm on. I'm just saying as a fucking musician who's been through this, right? Every musician who's listening to this out there, just because people aren't paying attention right now doesn't mean it's not good. Take your fucking time because good things will happen if you stay at it. And I don't know if this documentary taught me that or I've just known that or what the fuck, but the foresight that this motherfucker had to go into those offices and say, this is what I'm going to do. There were so many times in this where he's talking to the camera in 2002 and saying, I'm not here to make gangster music. I'm here to make music for people. I'm here to make music for what I fucking want to do. He never compromises fucking vision. And that is the story of Kanye West to me. And like that stopped me in my fucking tracks to get to watch that. Or how about the fact that Scarface got brought in the studio to originally do the hook for Jesus Walks. I didn't know that was a fucking thing. And he literally, bro, Scarface, he played him Jesus Walks and Scarface said, next, what do you got? But he was like, I don't even want to hear this. What's next? Played him family business. And he was like, oh, this is that shit. Turns out Jesus Walks is the one that wins the Grammys. You never know what the real shit is, but you need to keep fighting for what you're going to do. Those were the two moments to me that stopped me in my tracks, and I was like, holy shit. Did anybody else have, like, another standout moment in what they watched? It was like, I can't... I got... I got... And um, I wrote a blog about six months ago about, I think, when they dropped the trailer for this, and I included all these, like, rare interviews Kanye did like back when he was just getting started like back when the source was around and shit and I was like I hope they include you know like these interviews because it's real kind of hungry thirsty Kanye not you know rich bougie Kanye and that was like my favorite thing about watching this and it kind of opened my eyes to for sure just how he got to where he is now. And if you think about it as like this progression and this linear line, he was never content with where he was at. Yep. And I think that's what made him so successful because he was, no matter what got in his way or how many times he got turned down, he was going to keep going forward, keep pushing, keep pushing the envelope. And even in success, I think he's not content and he's hit all these plateaus and he's conquered all these different sub genres in rap that I think he keeps evolving as an artist until he's conquered that. And then he's on to the next thing. Same with the fashion stuff and same with all the other off the wall shit. I think that is truly why, you know, everyone's like, I miss the old Kanye. I don't think, I think before it's all said and done, we're going to see 30 more iterations of this guy. I think he's just, I, think <laughs> I he's don't just think he's not going to stop until he becomes president. Probably. And he's got and big dreams. Like, and like Colin just said, like, that's the thing I hope people like really take away from this is, you know, his story is not different from 
many other successful people's story in that, you know, you equated it to musicians only, but I think it goes for just about anybody in life. Like nothing ever comes easy. And if it does, it's, it's really not worth it. And the stuff that's worth it is hard. It's fucking hard to do. And there, I forget who said it. There's a famous quote that uh, I just looked up. That I, I'd love to drop in here and look smart, but I'd say it goes that the difference between success and failure is, you know, the successful person keeps going after being told no or after losing and failure, you know, quits. And it's true. Like you, we just talked about, he got laughed at, uh, you know, A&R rooms, he got promised deals. They fell through like nine out of 10 people say, fuck, man, that was my shot. I, I, I missed out on it or fuck this, fuck that person. And they give up on their dream. That one person, you know, or 1% of one, you know, keeps fucking going and uses that as fuel and uses that as fire. And it just energizes them. And that's exactly what Kanye did. If he hadn't been told no all those times, he would never had a chip on his shoulder and never would have tried to fucking stick it to so many people and be the best in the world. There's a lot of pussies in this okay. world. There's a lot of pussies in this world. Like, Dude, a ton. But it's, it's scary. Like doing you know, sticking your neck out there and in creating or hustling and, you know, the, the biggest trap in this world is a fucking nine to five biweekly paycheck, you know, like giving up on that is not easy to fucking do. Damn. That was fucking deep, Dante. That was good. good. The thing I dig about Kanye is that he was always willing to take big, uh, big swings, but also willing to, willing to miss too, because Mm -hmm. I mean, Almost everything that Kanye touched turned to gold, but not everything that Kanye touched turned to gold. You know, Facts. he he kept pushing on. Facts. Kenny, your opinion. Anything that you saw that you you were like, holy shit. Uh I was I I love how much he loves his mama. Yes. I love that he yeah. takes his retainer out to rap no matter where yes. he is. And Scarface is like, that don't go there, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Um no, I don't know if it was any any one thing. Like I said, I've just I've been such a big fan forever. So to see this footage that we've never seen before and see some of these like upcomings with that the apartment in New York and the old house in Chicago and all this shit, it's like I just love him even more now. Dude, you can tell that his mom was the thing that tethered him to the earth. Yeah, oh, for sure. sure. She sure. knew his lyrics and was that like was cool. driving his lyrics out. I was like, dude, that's so sick. Oh, no. But those moments where he was sitting in the kitchen and his mom is telling him, basically telling him like who he is. Yeah. You could see on his face, he was like, you're right. And it is like, because the thing is, I'm not one who's going to shit on Kanye for anything he does. Like, I don't know. Like, I think you got to let the genius do what the genius does. Like, he's not going to be perfect all the time. But it just seems like right now he's a little bit, disconnected from reality sometimes this was like street level Kanye you know like there's like like superheroes there's like street level superheroes and like cosmic superheroes he was a street level Kanye at the time and that, that was like what I really love to see Dave as the as kind of like the not biggest Kanye guy was there anything you loved when you watched it no I think I was just about to say that like the whole genius thing and I I think you my, hate that I hate it because it's like for Donda for instance I'm like listening to it I'm like I think I'm supposed to like it because it's a fucking genius at work, but this isn't really getting me off. And it's all right. I'll, I'll, I'll use this analogy. You know, when you go to like, uh, you'll see on the internet, on like the daily mail or something, some artists will sell like a painting. That's just a circle for like a billion dollars. Yeah. I, and they're like, Oh my God, it's, it represents this. And it's like so beautiful. And it's like, dude, it's a fucking circle. My a two year old kid could make that, you know? Like that's that's like the what I I've always struggled with with Kanye. It's like, dude, is Donda some genius piece of art, or is it just like him convincing people it's genius when really it's just a piece of shit? <laughs> but, but watching, I mean, like I said, like a little over thirty minutes through it, like you're watching him and I, you're like, okay, for me, I was like, I think I might get it now. I think I might get it. Dude, I, I, I do. I get where you're coming from. I get, that's why you're here. You're the everyman. You don't, you're not like out here like being like, Oh, I get art. You're like, no, I want to fucking understand it. 
And I think like maybe this is like a way for people to grasp like where Kanye came from. Like, Yo, that's, Dave, that's, you're not wrong though. Sometimes things are yeah. just pieces of shit. Hundred <laughs> percent. No, that's what I'm. That's what, That's exactly what I struggle with with him. Like his last couple albums, including Donda. Like I listened to it once. I'm like, yeah, it's fine. And then like, like there's some albums from some like the Chronic, for instance, or the Chronic Two. Like they're like those I can listen to any time of the year, any time of day. Like I'll never listen to fuck. I don't care to listen to Donda again. Or what was his, what was the one before? Jesus is King, Yay, uh, Life of Pablo. Life of Pablo, I I didn't like either really. And yeah, um, that one grew on me. Yeah, maybe it'll grow on me, but like some of them take time. It Kanye. only grew on me because I hated the next two so much. So now I look back and I'm like, oh, I, <laughs> I really liked Life of Pablo. This wasn't that bad after all. That's absolutely but, true. I thought there was a couple cool things in here. Like I think for Kanye fans, like nerdy Easter egg kind of things. The first thing I loved was. I actually, this this is unrelated, but the way they opened the documentary where they have Kanye at his most manic when he's running for president and he's just like like modern day Kanye and you see this different side, like when he's already had all the success and now he's like trying to run for president and he's kind of in this state where it's like, I don't even know what the fuck is going on. But then they cut back to the beginning and you see a totally different side of him where he's not fully unlocked his fucking superpowers yet. Thought that was an interesting way to start. But like the the Easter eggs where the first moment he moves to New York and it's him, Quali, and Most Def sitting in a car just rapping. Or like when they, they go to Chicago for the MTV thing and Ivan Jasper is cutting his hair. He winds up being one of his biggest like right-hand men kind of a thing. Or I love like at the Talib Quali concert, he gets brought out on stage. And he's rapping an unreleased verse. It's actually his verse from Breathe In, Breathe Out off the college dropout. I thought that was really fucking cool. Like, there's so many. I also didn't know he was almost going to sign to Raucous Records. He was going to be with Quali and Most Def. Like, I thought that was so cool. Dude, so I know uh, Joe 3H, the guy he... Capital Records. The guy he shouts out and uh, last call, hip-hop, they call him. He's this little white kid. Um from Hollywood. His dad actually wrote um, Funky Town. No fucking way. Yeah, so he's he's in the music Ooh. industry. Um, he was just one of those fucking kids that was always out at the clubs and networked his way to knowing fucking everybody in, you know, that world. And he got an A&R job. And he was actually... he signed Sammy Adams to RCA. No shit. Yeah. And when Sammy went from just being Boston's boy to, you know, being on a label. So he toured with us for a year and he used to tell this story about when he like discovered Kanye. And I was like, fuck you. Like, sure you did. (laughs) And he would, he put on like last call and he was like, he was like, listen to this part. And I'm like, wait, that's you. And he's like, yeah, motherfucker. So he was like, show me all these pictures and shit. And he told me how legit that story was and how like him. And I forget this other woman literally shopped him around to fucking everybody. Oh my God. Just Jessica Rivera. Cause I, now I'm yeah. going through last call in my head. He's like, yeah. Jessica Rivera, man, I'm not going to say anything to mess my promotion up. Like yeah. I love that shit. And they were literally like, like pleading with these execs like you don't understand this guy is already big he's gonna be fucking huge and they were just like not feeling it and like the rest is history it's fucking crazy i mean part of like why i love this documentary so much is it just showed he didn't lie about shit in last call everything he said happened it all lined up i play just by play pop into my head dante good it's kind of a talking point uh it's just really small talking point in the barstool circles uh, over the last couple of days, who is our era Frank Sinatra? Is it Kanye West? Because I was thinking, I was thinking, I was like, dude, probably Justin Timberlake, and I was thinking like outside the box, maybe MJ a little bit, maybe like Ronald Reagan, something like that. It's probably Kanye. Kanye. Right? I mean, he's in, in what in what way are you saying like? Frank Sinatra was like the biggest musician of his time. Well, is that what you mean? Biggest everything, everything. He was in the rap yeah, movie star. Yeah. Yo, here's the thing too about, about Sinatra. Sinatra had a big fall off too. There was a period of time where Sinatra fell from grace and then came back as a movie star. And then his music picked back up. Kanye in the same way kind of did the same thing. 
Yeah, there was, there was, yeah. Like when, when, right after I was done with college, I would say there was probably about a five-year gap where Kanye wasn't, he was like, oh, all right. Whatever. I mean, but it's also, but I mean, just like everything that's happened with Kanye. Do you know what I mean? Like, because mm -hmm. Dante, you're probably a Sinatra guy, right? Yeah, of course. All right, so I am too. Watch the, there's a documentary called, I think it's called Everything or Nothing at All. It's about Sinatra's life. And there was a period of time where he was like, nu like nuclear, like nobody wanted to touch him. Because he just, his acting went away, he's having drinking problems, his music sucked, and then he came back and started doing movies, and then he had that late career fucking, like, I don't know, My Way, New York, New York, that whole segment of his career was late. Like, maybe we're watching his later career kind of Kanye moments. I don't, Dave, that's a really interesting point. I mean, I can't think of anybody closer, because Sinatra, Sinatra, he did it for 50 fucking years, you know? Like, Damn. Kanye, assuming, you know, something bad doesn't happen to him. He could like, would you be surprised if in, in the, what it's 2020 in 2030, it's like Kanye West went, Kanye West went to the moon or something. No, like I wouldn't that. <laughs> Nothing, no, not no. a thing would surprise me. I no. think like, he's had one of the most interesting lives already in the last two decades. And I mean, I, I fucking hate the card. Actually Kim's grown on me. I hate the Kardashians as a whole, but like they're, probably the closest thing we have to royalty in the United States. Oh. Dave, you, Dave, I, I you, know. David, David, Dave, you've been, I don't want to, yo, David, reword that a little bit. <laughs> oh. Dave, Wait, bro, Dave, you've been talking about South Park so much. They are the succubus. They are succubuses. Succubi oh, yeah. Yeah. A thousand percent succubuses. I need about three fifty. <laughs> three <laughs> fifty. <laughs> <laughs> I gave him a dollar. What <laughs> um, what what else would you consider him? And Kanye West was fucking married and has kids with one of them. I can you know, a plague multiple. on our society. <laughs> I can see the headline now in 2030: President Kanye West fights aliens on the moon. Like I wouldn't. It's not past. Possible. You're telling me that wouldn't be sick as fuck. That'd be so that fucking sick, kind of, dude. Yeah, that would be sick. And he I, would, like, I would fucking, I would uh, register for that. I'd be a soldier in that. Yeah. Be a part of Kanye's space <laughs> army? Fuck yeah, I would. Hell yeah. Fuck yeah. But it, I, I do think I'd be too big of a pussy to go to space, though. I would, I, I'm too motion sick. I would get sick on the, on the fucking flight. I'm a pussy. You know? <laughs> All right, move. Here's a good question for you. Would you be a part of Kanye West's space army? No. <laughs> absolutely absolutely not i already served in iraq baby i'm done oh that's right moves actually a member of the real army <laughs> i'm good but you know like look i'll watch yeah yeah I'll watch. No, that's a better way to put it i would watch that on tv that'd be fucking awesome like a football game i'll watch uh, all right because, well, you know it's, it's, it's kanye and just who knows man that man is unpredictable I think I'm just excited to see where the because that's only an hour and a half of the doc. There's still two more parts left, and it it ends with him finally getting his chain in Chicago at the concert. And we're gonna—I assume the next episode picks up with the car accident. So we're we're getting like the creation of college dropout at this point. And I I don't know where how, how much footage they fucking have. I don't know if they have the graduation, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy era because this could be a fucking 15 hour documentary. But I think the one thing I jokingly was talking to somebody about this the other day, I can't wait for the Kanye West biopic to come out. Like when they like down the line do like a Ray Charles fucking walk the line kind of a, a movie about Kanye West. One, he's the only artist that they can do that with in today's modern era. Like the only one who's interesting enough to have. He's a just played by Pete Davidson. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like Kanye is the kind of guy like Eminem where he'll play himself in the documentary. Or error in the biopic. You do a good job, Tom. Kanye is a walking movie, though. He is. Yeah. Also, can we just say how kind of like looking back on it, how douchey the fact that like six years into his career, Eminem had a movie made about his life. I think it's a little bit douchey. That was too soon. Probably the worst bet or the the best really bad movie ever. That movie it was, was a great movie, though. <laughs> it was awesome. I loved it. If you ask people from Detroit about that movie, they're like, that shit didn't happen. They're like, they're, they're, nobody's hanging out down on 8 Mile. Like, I've heard that a million different times. He's a good actor, though. Eminem's I, a good yeah. actor. I thought he was great, man. I thought she sucked, rest in peace. Do you remember how funny all of his music videos used to be? Yeah, yeah. Like, like dude, he was all time. 
But no, I'm, I'm excited for the Kanye West uh, biopic produced and uh, directed by Kanye West, starring Kanye West in every role. Yeah, I can like, picture- like fucking awesome. Like Eddie Murphy. Like Eddie Murphy, yeah. <laughs> He'll be playing <laughs> Kim Kardashian. <laughs> yeah, I oh kill it, God. too. Uh, all or right. he would brainwash people into thinking that he his genius made an incredible portrayal of Kim Kardashian. Shut the fuck up, dude. Uh, all right, let's wrap that conversation up. Uh, do you guys want to quickly roll through on the list off the list? Does anybody have anything that jumps out to them? We should save that. Oh. I, think, I mean, yeah, I think yeah, I mine think, was really about Super Bowl and Kanye anyway, so it's kind of pointless. I had uh, I know I had something I had it I had an I had an off the list that was very specific and now I'm fucking blanking on it. I got to roll so, out of here soon too. Anyway, uh, yeah, you know yeah, what? I got to go to work. Uh, I was real, just real quick. Say, yeah, I, you I, gotta, I, got, I got one. Go ahead. The Philadelphia 76ers landed James. Let's Harden. fucking go, baby! I do. And look, that, that's what I like. What I didn't like is that Ben Simmons is playing up in Brooklyn. Pussy I saw the pictures that he put up. Fuck him. Yo, he, he ain't, yo, he, he ain't, he ain't built for Philadelphia. Nope. He's a bitch. Soft like Play-Doh, man. Soft as baby shit. I wore the throwback Iverson jersey today because I watched the fucking documentary and everybody was wearing the throwback jerseys. Throwbacks. I, throwbacks, yeah. babe. Yo, we need to bring those back. Just Blaze. Just Blaze in there, dude. Fucking everybody Guru. had the, everybody Pharrell? had the call. For, yeah, how about Pharrell randomly showing up? Bro, dude. That was the one. I love you, Move. I'm so glad you're here. Uh, everybody, Bro, I love you, too. I'm, I'm glad. I'm happy to be here. And I'm happy to meet come, everybody. Nah, well, then you know what? You come back for part two and t- part three of the documentary, too. Yeah, yeah. No, sure. I would love to. I'll, I'll, I'll wait. I'll watch day of and um, and then then talk about it. Only thing next time, I'll take notes that, that jump out at me. That was a lot of Kanye for an hour and some change. Yeah. Like, yes. I wasn't ready for that. Like, in the age of YouTube, like, none of us have ever seen that shit. Like, I mean, somebody's really been sitting on this this long. Because, look, people can't wait to get shit out. In the age of the TikToks and everything, people been sitting on that. That alone is impressive. I, think, I mean, I'm probably I, mean I think they got $30 million for it. So yeah, they, they, dude, they, they had to come up. They had because <laughs> How about the fact that Kanye wanted to block it at first? He's like, give me creative direction or don't fucking put it out. He tweeted that like a week before it came out. You know, Cootie and them were sitting in the editing room like, motherfucker, just go away. Well, they had to expect that too, though. Oh, yeah, 100%. You know, but oh, I'm pissed. I'm pissed that it just came. It dropped in like, uh, what, like 2 a.m. or something, right? Yeah, everything on Netflix like that drops at 3 a.m. Yeah, so that would have been 2 a.m. for me. Um, I wish I could have watched the whole fucking thing before this. I can't wait to finish it. It's, um, it is outstanding work, and I'm only 30 minutes through it. So We still got two more parts. We'll get back into that next week. We have so many fucking pending interviews. So many pending interviews that we will get one for next week. But either way, even if we don't, I don't give a fuck. I know we have one lined up for tomorrow. We have a second possibly lined up for tomorrow. We'll get through all that. But everything's rolling. We have so much going on. We're so happy to have you guys here, all the new listeners. DJ Move, thank you so much for being here today, my oh, man. Thank you, guys. Thank you, bro. Shouts out to Move. Shouts out to Kenny for having kids. Shouts out to Dave. Dave, we know it's been a bad week for you, dude. It's um, been a rough one. It's been yeah. a rough one. I, I think I might have to lay the old Nissan Altima to rest. RIP. So now, dude, Lisa Lambo, just fucking go for it. I, yeah. Vroom, vroom. Dante, thank you as always, my man. Uh, I'm going to go to the studio now and write some songs. I got some fucking, I got a battery in my back. Anything else from you guys today? Nope. Uh, you guys never have anything for me. Well, I fucking love you guys. Love the listeners. Love you guys. See you next week. All right. Peace.